Hey, Ira. Oh, hello, Paul. All right. Uh, so, Ira and I are in a bit of a mood right now. We just watched Rutgers lose by like 30 to Nebraska, who's uh, just got its seventh win of the, the season. Is the worst team in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, noted bracketologist, a top five bracketologist in the country from East Brunswick, Brad Wachtel, said that uh, if Rutgers drops less than 10 spots in the net from 32 to 42, uh, that would be a sigh of relief for Rutgers fans. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Yes, welcome to the IP Depressed. Uh, yeah, this was a... Uh... <laughs> So, so that was a that was a rough one. I got I got too cocky, I suppose, uh, assuming this team could beat you know the worst team in the conference by far. But uh, I jinxed it with the notes, I suppose. I think like, you did. Rucker smashing of Nebraska. I, think I didn't you... think that was that that, that, that was really saying much. That was just kind of an easy lead in. I mean, what the best player on the team just left the program, walked out, literally. Yeah, well, it, it, I did text you guys earlier today, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is going to be, you know, like the catalyst for Rutgers to lose this game." Basically, uh, it seems like no one on the team must have liked this guy, and they looked like the best team in the country tonight. Uh, this is hard to watch. I figured it'd be a close game because, like, Rutgers just does that. Like sometimes, um, they start slow or whatever, but. Uh, losing by 30. Well, welcome back to our childhood right here. I mean, this is this is the same old Rutgers if I've ever seen the same old Rutgers. We had a we had a very nice start to the season and I got, I I certainly got my my expectations were clearly too high coming off of the strong start and we had a nice nice close to last season seemed like a good development year. They, they beat good teams um, and they played great basketball early on. Your expectations are normal. I mean, they won every game until Iowa, which is a two-point loss, which they very easily could have won. You know, um, it's crazy. No, I mean, that that the, the, the Illinois the Illinois complete game was. I mean, this team looked like it could be anybody in the country. That was honestly how I felt. And now, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we'll be lucky to. It feels like we'll be lucky to win a tournament game, assuming we make the tournament. Yeah, <sighs> which is not an assumption anymore. I still think. Yeah, I mean, we have to win one more. They have to win the next. If they, if they <laughs> don't win the next game, then they got to win two Big Big Ten tournament games. Yeah, you think? Two but if they win nine. next game, they're in. Ugh. That's that's what I think. That's it. Yeah. Um. Probably. Minnesota is a, at least a semi-respected team. Rutgers still. needs to root for Nebraska for the rest of the season. That's kind of what it's going to come down to. Um. But this is not great. Um. Yeah, part like my only hope remaining is that this team is just like doesn't play hard if they think that they have nothing to play for, and maybe they'll just be playing super hard and passionately in the tournament. But I mean, it's hard to it's hard to really feel that way watching this team the last you know two months. They, they've now played more bad basketball than good basketball. Yeah, I think I think that's correct. I mean, they I don't know. The thing is now, like, the defense let them down in this game even more than anything else, which had been something they had corrected these last, uh, whatever, half a dozen games or so. At least the defense had been in a good place. It had been the offense we were waiting for. But, I mean, I mean, admit, I mean this Nebraska sliced them up with the passing. I mean, the shooting was, like many teams, I don't know, everyone gets confident versus Rutgers. But, 
yeah, I mean, they passed and tore up this defense that used to be a, you know, banker of the entire team. Uh, and start of the year, it looks like the offense was amazing, yep. you know? So it's basically like all of us, like, at our maximum on the pickup court was basically how Rutgers well, it's the, And they could score any It's a possession. team that had, like, like on a great night, every, te- every player on the team looks like an incredible passer, you know? Like, that's the thing about this team. On a good night, they, they see, you know, over the defense, they, they make every read, and they're making great passes. Tonight, it was not there. They were, like, a step slow on every, every read on, like – Nebraska wasn't playing great defense. There were a few times where I saw, like, oh, like, just pump fake, and this guy's going to go flying, and you have an easy, an easy dump in. But they were kind of hesitating on everything. Part of it is also, like, when, when they're getting scored on, like, when, when stuff that shouldn't be going down goes down, which is what happened, the defense starts poor, they start forcing on offense, and then when the offense slips, then their defense starts slipping. It's like a, it's a vicious circle. But good teams don't fall into those vicious circles. That's, that's the real problem. So, uh, you know, they had to, they had to keep themselves in check. I guess, I guess I go back to like a, maybe like a, I don't know if it's like a leadership issue, but like, that's one area that I look at just like, like Rutgers has like a lot of some tenacious players that are happy to try and turn things around on their own, given the opportunity and, you know, the inability of Gio and Miles Johnson and Ron Harper Jr. to establish themselves as, you know, the bona fide, you know, side. It's time for me to, you know, get us a bucket. It's time for me to run the offense here and make sure a couple good possessions. I mean, the inability of these these leaders to do that has kind of left the team, I think, offensively in shambles. Well, yeah. To, to me, their their edge on offense was like every guy could basically get their own bucket, and when it, when the defense had to be focus on every guy, that led to good passing opportunities. Like nobody was that athletically gifted over any other player, really, I would argue on Rutgers. But just as a collective, it worked. And now I mean, it's the edge is gone. And, yeah, it just – I mean, the defense isn't respecting anybody anymore because nobody's a threat. I would fully agree with that with the, with the only exception being that Harper had that de- deceptive athleticism and ability to get his shot off on a post turnaround. I haven't seen Harper take a post shot in, like, weeks. I don't know if, if it was a team – that used to be his bread I mean, and butter. A team issue yeah. to go away from yeah. that. Just hitting those one or two turnarounds a game scares – like the whole defense goes on tilt because of something like that, you know? Uh, he hasn't done that. He doesn't drive until like they're down 15 points. Um, like that's a guy that could really get his shot from anywhere on the floor and doesn't do it. Gio, uh, I don't know what's up with him. Like he – last year he was definitely that guy that when, when they needed a, a bucket in the last, you know, three, four minutes of the game or, or to stop a, a drought. And he did it last game. Stepped up to do it, but I, I totally agree with you. True. They're not, uh, you know, no one's beating their man off the dribble or, or they're beating their man and driving to two guys and not reacting fast enough to make the smart pass or they make that smart pass and someone holds the ball for an extra two seconds and then the defense is reset, um, which I think that was the, the, the big issue tonight is that, is that once that kickout comes, guys are hesitating to shoot. or look, And you don't have to shoot the, the open three. It's college basketball. You, you could pump fake and, and send a defender <laughs> flying to the stands, and you're driving, attacking the defense five on four. It's not rocket science. It happens all over the conference. Uh, but this team is making it difficult for itself. So, anyway, I digress. This is, uh, you know, mostly a, a fantasy basketball slash friend group podcast. So, so 
let's move on beyond the Rutgers smashing. We'll, we'll throw out the game tape after this dent session. Yeah. Uh, but but so, you want to guess uh, how many of the how many fifty seven field goals were shot by Rutgers? How many were three pointers? Uh, twenty three. Wow, on the on the mark. Well done. Yeah, I'm on Twitter too much. <laughs> you even missed a. <laughs> <laughs> but three for twenty three from three pointer. So they seem to be shooting around that many threes a game. Yeah. And look, I understand it's twenty twenty one. You got to shoot and make threes to win, but. Like when you're when you're like zero for eleven, maybe that means that the wrong guys are shooting the threes, or like if they're that open, like sometimes take that space and attack the rim. You have a height miss position most nights. You know you have Caleb McConnell, Paul Mulcahy, Ron Harper at your two through four spots, all at six six to six eight. Uh, Geo Baker at the point at six four, or Jacob Young at you know at super athletic six two for the Big Ten. Um, Attack the rim. You don't need to take shots if they're they're not wide open. You can go by your guy. I, I I don't understand it. Yeah, uh, there's a lot we don't understand, and uh, I'm not sure if we'll have more que- more answers than uh, questions in this night of uh, podcasting. But uh, let us let us dive into subjects that we that we are able to analyze at a much uh, much le- higher level of expertise here with the. Uh, East Brunswick, the big boy. Oh, speak for yourself. So there. We're, uh, speak for yourself. We're, we're hitting a. <laughs> well, yes, sir. We, we have we have much to we have much to discuss when it comes to Paul's team uh, <laughs> alone. But look, I think we're, we're can I just a nice, take a second here? Uh, a nice swing just take a second as you say that. I am the man of the moment, as as the most recent manager <laughs> to go seventeen and one over the last two weeks. I do think that this is my time. Um, everyone knows that you know I went on a selling spree. I had the phones working. Uh, Amy, Amy and I were away in the Poconos just to get out of our Hoboken apartment for a few days. And it really just gave me a good time to reflect on my life and, and realize that, hey, it's time to, to, to trade away my assets. Wow. And, and, and yet, wow. as I'm really dealing while, while being at this great home, you know, part of me, I love this league, man. I want to compete. I want to be in it, especially with the anti-tanking <laughs> rules. There's no use in being in 12th place anymore. Um, you know, I want to win and just seeing my team perform despite me, you know, saying, Hey, I want to shake it up. I want to open some minutes for, for some young guys for Isaiah Roby and uh, you know, Kobe white um, coming in from Corey's team, you know, and really, really stepping up his play despite some postponements, you know, my team really just says, you know, don't, don't give up on us yet. Don't, don't sell Chris Paul for an eighth round pick, you know, don't, don't be doing these kind of things, Paul. And I just have to listen to my team sometimes and, and you know, let them let them be the team they want to be. Hey, Amen. Yeah, you, you you thought you could get out, Paul. And, you know, we pulled you back in. You know, this league has that ability. It's uh, it's made you know legends and fools out of many of us over the years. Well, and, uh, yeah, it just has this a- is this should be a lesson to the league also from from last year too. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be active now, so. When I'm, I'm when I'm you know doing trade negotiations, don't cheap out, buy me out, and then take me out of the playoff running. Just don't let me get back in. Don't mm-hmm. let me slide back in. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, you don't want this problem. You know, give me give me that extra pick. Give me that third rounder that I'm asking for. Over buy. You know, you're not just getting the player. You're getting you're buying out the competition as well. You got to think of it on a bigger picture here. People will think too micro in this league sometimes. But that's what we're here for, Ira. We, we, have, we, we think on a, on a larger scale, and that's why we're here, you know? 
That's what's going on. No, uh, yeah, I, we are really. I mean, I think if uh, I think at the end of the day, we are the true league historians here that you know carry the uh, carry the knowledge infrastructure here of uh, you know what sixteen years now of these friends with the big players. Yeah, you know, so, we may we, uh, yeah, we might be the the lowercase H historians, while Corey may be the capital H historian. But you know, I think we really do carry the legacy and the 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 heart of this league. You know, I think we both agree on that. No, no, no question about it. Uh, yeah, I think you know Paul's team's uh, yeah been an excellent reminder of you know how quickly things can change, and who, I mean who knows now if this guy's selling or buying at this point. I mean, uh, yeah, Jared Allen's looking like a beast on another team right now, but and that's that's one matter. Paul can still rebuild. Yeah, it's a it's an open market. But uh, so how how are you feeling right now about the rest of the league going on just your own team? Do you think uh? You know, I think, do you think we're past the COVID issues? Do you no, think uh, I, league activity I, I, levels? I don't. No. I don't think no. we're past it. I I don't think we are. Think you, you were the man. You were the man texting today. Uh, you know, we're all going to be vaccinated by what end of April? Yes, but so. I think we are smart. You know, educated people who all want the vaccine, uh, who <laughs> still do social distancing. I I don't think the league is. I mean, there are a bunch of postponements this week, weren't there? Uh, in the last few weeks, the Spurs had breakouts. Uh, did the Bulls have breakouts too? The Raptors, the Raptors okay. Going and and Canada's pretty safe generally. Yeah. So, um, are they playing? Florida. I was at Tampa Raptors. Canada or Florida, okay. Um, yeah, they're staying in Tampa for the rest okay. of the year. So, yeah, I wasn't sure if they made a decision on that. It's actually, I think the coaching staff actually was a, a lot of the the starting point for the Raptors. Interesting. Uh, so, well, look, it's, it seems yeah. like it's it's unavoidable, and until all these guys get vaccinated. I, I think there will still be – and look, it doesn't take a league-wide shutdown to affect this league. It just takes a few trickling things and, you know, bad timing for individual teams. Look at my team, for example. I mean, uh, it's just like the way that it worked. It was I always had three guys that, that seemed to have – be on these teams that were shut down. That could ruin a team for two weeks and, and with how close our standings are right now. I mean, one through – well, one is pretty safe right now, but – Fourth place through eighth place are all within a three and a half game through ninth place are within a four game spread of each other. Um, so, so I, I don't think anyone's really safe. Um, I think everyone's susceptible to some, some big losses or wins uh, that can really swing the whole thing. I do think John and, and Garrett have amply removed themselves and, and Duran is on his way to be doing so. Um, but uh, for the rest of the league, I think, Everyone's got to be on the edge of their seats paying attention or else, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who you buy into, you got to monitor the situations. Not to mention regular injuries, Ira. As we're getting a more compact schedule for the rest of the way here, uh, guys will get hurt. Guys will get some scheduled rest and things of that nature. Oh, very true. Uh, it's, it's, there's a, a lot of things to consider. You know, the playoff format's different this time around, so – you know, most teams are going to be competitive if, you know, you're not playing uh, whatever for, like, your Sacramento's, your Minnesota's, your Cleveland's. I mean, you know, the rest of the league is uh, still in this playoff race. Um, and, yeah, but at the same time, you know, are teams going to play for home court advantage anymore? Because, you know, what kind of fans are going to be in the stands? Do the playoffs go to a bubble? I don't know. It's, there's a lot of factors to weigh in when it comes to trying to calculate what a player is going to do down the stretch when the fantasy playoffs are happening. What do the playoffs do to start the season? Because I, I know the trade deadline's in April. I think 
our our fantasy season ends in like May. So yeah. when is when are the playoffs supposed to actually start this year? Uh, so the playoffs kick off April nineteenth. I think actually the NBA we, playoffs. We could have done this better. No, no, no so, sorry. When do the NBA playoffs start the season? Uh, NBA playoffs. Let me pull that up real quick. Yeah, no, I think. But actually, I do want to hear what you have to say because I, uh, I, I have a feeling that you know where the. I have a feeling I know where you're going with this with the trade deadline stuff, because the trade deadline and playoffs are like a week apart now this season, basically, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, so Saturday, May twenty second. Will be the NBA starts. The NBA playoffs. Yeah, look, underway. I mean, with the new, the latest yeah. report with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine getting approved, they're saying, I mean, I, I don't necessarily believe it because of how bad the, the rollout's been so far. But if if it's really true that every American that wants a vaccine is going to get one by April, and that includes NBA, I mean, there's going to be fans in the stands. They're going to bring at least twenty five to fifty percent capacity back. I, I would imagine. I think a lot of arenas already have like what, like a thousand or like two thousand fans coming yep. into the games. Yep. So the owners want it. So it's, it, the owners want it. it. Seems, yeah, no, no, and I guess I mean probably the players too. I think right. Well, I mean they want to make their money. I mean that's the ultimate goal is to not have to like re to cut back on the salary cap or something. You know, have a flat cut that hits everybody. Um, so yeah, I mean butts are going to be in the seats and. I don't know. Assuming teams don't get wiped out, you know, that'll yep. keep happening. Uh, but no, a lot, a lot of things are in flux, which uh, makes things interesting. But yeah, I mean, the trade, wait, what is the trade? Let me pull it up. I know it's very late because like Yahoo even gave it's us April, April 2nd. Like we didn't even have it's April 2nd. Like, April 2nd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. April 2nd is the last trade date. Yeah. And the playoffs for fantasy start April 19th. So, you know, talking about three and a half weeks out, two and a half, half weeks yeah. out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you keep track of the schedule, folks, we're only six more weeks to go until the playoffs get underway, actually. So it's going to be a very tight finish, you know? And, and this is what I'm yeah. talking about, by the way. Six weeks left. I mean, <laughs> if your team gets wiped out for two weeks and you and you lose two seven each week, that's, you know, you're, you're buried. And it, it may be hard to come back. Levy's in a weird spot. I'm sure we'll get to him. But, I mean, Levy fell from second place all the way down to sixth now. And, who knows what's going to happen with Drummond? Um, he's in a really precarious spot, uh, and we know that kind of the second that things aren't really going his way, he likes to start trading for next season. Um, so, d- d- despite his big build that this was going to be his year, you know things out of his control again are going to seemingly take over that team if he doesn't make a move. And I think I think he's hesitant to make a move about it. I think he sees that trade deadline as far away, but you know six weeks. If you're going six weeks without one of your top four or five players, it's and I mean he has Russ on his team too. Uh, that's a lot to do. That's a lot to do. Yeah, well, let's. Uh, now that we're hitting him, I mean, we can discuss. I mean, Levy already fired his first uh, his first shot when he uh, you know did a, a fairly classic Levy maneuver, trading away an elite keeper to uh, you know try and bring in several pieces. Uh, he gave up Steph Curry. And brought in Kyrie Irving, Chris Middleton, and he also uh, gave up a seventh round pick and was able to bring in DeMar DeRozan, which I'm going to guess is equated to that draft selection. So really, it's more of like a Steph for Kyrie and Middleton deal. I don't know uh, how you're feeling about that in terms of like dynasty outlook and also in season. Um, I think it's not a it's not a horrible move. The one thing is like DeMar, I mean, gets you those like. The, the primo counting stats, but his percentages are never like, well, his field goal percentage is usually pretty good. Never gets you threes. 
He'll get you, he'll get you a lot of turnovers sometimes. Uh, Kyrie, you don't know what you're getting out of Kyrie this season. Um, that's a guy who's definitely a major rest candidate down the stretch, especially if the Nets start building a, a little bit of a cushion uh, or happy with, with kind of their seating. Um, you know, who knows, who knows how he's going to play down the stretch. Uh, there are those risks with Steph as well. But um, to, to kind of give, give up the sacrifice, I, I don't know. Um, this one, look, if, if he winds up winning the championship, it's a good trade. But uh, I don't think he gave up too much. Steph, I think, will probably decline in the next few years. Um, so it's not, it's not brutal. Uh, Kyrie, Kyrie is still going to have some value. Um, for a seventh rounder, I think this is a, a pretty good move to make. Um, I, I generally agree with you on basically everything you said. I'm just, I don't know. I, I have my doubts. I don't, personally, I, I would not feel good about trying to run my my future squad with Kyrie Irving as a keeper. He's just way too much fool's gold and as a fantasy player. And, and you could look at the numbers that he's having this season and say, oh, this is great. You know, this is just what I need. And, you know, he, he puts up excellent numbers when he's playing. He makes up for games missed, but, you know, if he's going to miss the games when you well, need them in that's what I'm the playoffs. It's fool's gold because you look at his, his averages without looking at the games played, and, and it looks great, but uh, he's always missing games, and th- this season for, and you're well, right, why for more peculiar games. reasons than ever this season. So, um, again, I, I think a seventh-round pick is not such a big sacrifice. Steph, uh, Steph Curry is probably the bigger sacrifice, but Kyrie's good if you get the full season out of him. Um, Steph has now moved a, a few times yeah. in recent history. So like maybe some of these t- top keepers are easier to obtain through trade. Uh, I mean, John may, John may not really quit. I thought John was never going to get rid of Kyrie. I tried nabbing uh, him or Willard last year and, and John wouldn't budge. Uh, so it, it, to me, it's a more interesting move from John's perspective that, uh, that he's finally making a big roster shift. It's kind of really his first one since joining the league to, to kind of shift the nature of his team. And I think for him, it is a good one. He mentioned that Steph and, and Dame are like amplifiers of each other. And I think that's a really good point. If you're building to your team strengths like that. Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely with you that it's, I mean, it's hard to argue against the, the pairing of Steph and Dame together. Um, you know, I think, I mean, Steph's, I think 32 now. So I, mean, I think he'll age pretty gracefully just because, with his kind of shooting stroke and I don't know, like he's always going to be a very agile player. Well, I that's imagine. the thing with him. I, um, I think with him, it's going to depend on like, yes, he could shoot. He's going to have to like, at some point he's going to have to stop doing a lot of the ankle breaky stuff that he does and just learn how to get um, shots off in different ways. Because I think as he gets older, doing some of the, that those more skilled things he does, he's going to wind up like hurting his ankles, which already have a suspect history. Um, you know, the Achilles, uh, he may, he may have to look, it's weird to say for a skin, it's going to go well, even he's deeper, deeper he's gonna extend his range it's weird to say more. for a skinny guy, but I wouldn't be shocked if he starts developing like a Kobe, like high post game. Um, it's weird as a skinny guy, but like, if anyone could develop it, it's him. Cause he has such a, um, and he has, he has the skills and get those kind of shots off. Oh, hang on one second. Can you hear me? Heard a little crack there. I still hear you, though. Yeah. I'm still with you, but now your video went uh, pros on me for a little bit. <laughs> you still with me? Uh-oh. We may be down a man. 
Although I still hear a raspy microphone in the background. <sighs> uh, yeah, I guess I'll I'll keep things rolling until we uh, hopefully get. Uh, I I hear you now. You good? Uh, okay. Yep. We we're still rolling. I, I went. Yeah, I switched over from the wi- Wi-Fi to the LTE, so uh, you know you're welcome, people. But um, I don't know where I was on that. Was I talking about Kobe's <laughs> post moves? Yeah. Uh, yes, you were just in the uh, yeah talking about stuff yeah. So I think you do that a higher profile. That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, I don't think it'll be a high volume thing, but I think just learning to transition some of his ankle breaky moves into some some mid range stuff to just mix it up would, would be an interesting career move for him. Just to uh, even LeBron, like right, he he developed a little bit of post game, and for Steph, it could be I could see post shooting, post passing. Just kind of something different so that he's not having to play such a high-energy offense all the time to get a shot off as he ages. So those moves that he does are pretty taxing. Yeah, I would, like he, he makes it look very smooth and like easy, but I imagine, yeah, there definitely has to be some risk factor with the, those kinds of actions. Well, the Warriors do a good job of like not over-pushing That's him, true. I guess, and like, I, okay, I think he's so. one of the most skilled basketball players of all time, so I think he'll feels like he needs to develop something else, he'll do that. And he'll find a way to score uh, for a long time. So, Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Anyway, anyone can do what he does. So, you know, I'm sure he can, you know, I'm sure he can add a few more average Joe uh, skills to his, his playing style without a problem. But it is, it'll be interesting to see where uh, John goes from here. And this will it's be the so first funny time how the, the season turned out, right? Like, uh, you know. started the season talking about John is like, oh, is, is this the season John makes his push? Uh, like, and now he's at the bottom. You know, I think he had Nurkic. You had you had him ready to go. You had me ready to go. I think you had Garrett ready to go as, as being super competitive. I think Levy was another team yeah. that thought pretty highly of, and and I think he's slipping pretty fast out of the out of the top six. Um, so it's just it's just a weird a weird year, man. A weird year for sure. Uh, yeah, no, things are certainly – it's an exciting year, I think, from a league-wide perspective. I, I would certainly not uh, say no, no, maybe he's no, out no, of but contention I think by any means. he's trending the wrong cause... direction and, and needs to turn it around quickly. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- yeah, I think he could be taking things a little more seriously than they are than he is right now. Um, Gordon Hayward's also out. And it's it, it's going to help him that he's playing Durant this week, there. though. So that, that um, may just kind of boost him and, you know, depending on how big he wins – Maybe. I mean, Durant nah, hasn't sold out yet, though. So, I think know, he's getting until he does, I think he's. I think he's on his way. Uh, okay. Are you, uh, are, uh, are you in I've conversations, Paul? Yeah, you you got to do your due diligence, Ira, as we always talk about on this podcast. Uh, uh, okay. So, so you're officially back in the game is what you're telling us. Uh, for purchase, you know? That's it. For purchase. Okay. Okay. Yeah. As is as is your prerogative. Yeah. What, what I will announce is that anyone who's trying to sell assets certainly... should come to me first because I do have the most tradable assets at this point. If you're if you're looking for picks, I have the picks. Okay. I'm Arby's. I have the meats. I have the picks. So. No, I have more. I picks think every team has picks, like so it's not like. Uh, picks. I'm... How many picks are you going to deal out? I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm just saying yeah, I'm just saying got that a third, I have fourth, more fifth, and a sixth than everybody. Okay. If you if you want someone to lowball you, you have more. Hop into our trade discussions, Ira, because I know it's on the rundown here. You know, if you want someone to lowball you, Ira's right here, and you can go to him, and you can 
You know, if you want, if you want someone who's going to pull out of the the trade because because you didn't, you didn't hit accept within an hour of him sending me the trade. Wow. Iris, your guy to talk to. I know Rutgers is giving you some sorrow, Paul, but you don't need to. I mean, do you want to, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to tell me why you, why did you? I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy to discuss it. Now, now, all honesty, I think my trade with Dan worked out better than our trade. But, but you know, for you to take the trade off the table so quickly, what was the deal with that, Ira? Yeah, I, I, I think we were in – I think, uh, as I recall, the uh, order of transactions, I, I put a deal out there to Paul, said, you know. It was, it was Jared Allen and Chris Paul for like, like a fourth and a seventh, I believe was the, the deal. That's, that sounds about right to me. That sounds about right. And you know, you said it was something you would seriously consider. Yeah, and then that that at that point you went dark. Well, on okay. And, you know, so that, that was as another manager who was always talking about doing their due diligence, what do you think I was doing during that time? I was checking with Bibsy, your, your competition. I was checking with Dan, who like you know was asleep at the time of our discussions beginning. But I I put out a feeler to him, which is why we wound up making a trade because when he woke up, he saw my trade. He's like, "Let's do this." and you know, we got it done after after a quick negotiation. Uh, but is this how you handle most people's trades? That you know, if if you put something out there, if they don't make a decision within five minutes, you're on to the next. With that, well, I mean, come on now. Yeah, you had over 90 minutes. But you didn't even you didn't even come to me, me and say some, uh, you didn't even come to me and be like, hey man, I'm I'm, I'm gonna pull this off. I, uh, I did I did say how long will it take you to uh you know consider it. And I don't, you know, I don't think I really got too much information. We can, we can pull up the text, Paul. You know, we people, people, we can certainly people go with children here will commiserate with me. The trade that, history. You know, I was playing with Joey, you know, I'm playing with my daughter here, trying to give her the attention oh, she requires uh, to be a, okay. a well-functioning person in the society. Yeah. And, and Ira just can't even check in and say, hey, man, um, I, I'm, I think I'm going to do another deal if you don't get back to me. Thoughts? Right. Believe me, man. Yeah. All, if, if you want to, if you want to make sure Joey turns out to be a good, well-functioning human being, you just make sure she hangs out with Uncle Ira, you know, now and then, you know, you'll have no problems. She'll be an excellent fantasy manager, you know, that inherits your team down the line. We'll have a great left-handed skill set. Yeah. What else? What else does one need to get by in life? But yeah, look, you can't you can't expect me to sit around here though. No, no. But what I what I do expect to you, what I do expect, expect is other managers, say, I have another, you know, to what I do have step into the situation, though, and especially from a savvy manager like yourself, Ira, is is if you have another deal on the table, say, hey, I got this other offer. Either I'll do yours if you want to do it, and you have ten minutes, or else, or the other offer is better than yours. Beat it. The, the, the other offer is better. Beat that's, that's it. That's not how I operate. Don't just, just don't 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 ghost yeah, me. I, I don't I don't like taking managers. I'm not I'm not one to take the manager's offers that I seriously engage in negotiations and then play them against another manager. Isn't that, uh, to me that's wait, not a way of doing business. Isn't that what you ask of that's what you ask of Eric and, and Dan all the time? I I don't I do no no, no. There, there's different when when somebody says I'll seriously consider something. That's basically saying, you know, like we're good to go if you put that on the table. Or if like, I was good to go, I might I'd haggle say, with yeah. you about. No, no. Like, if, I, if I was good to go, I'd say, yeah, let's do this, Ira. You also said to me, put it in. You said I don't consider a trade to be. Oh official well, that, that was just me buying more system. time. Obviously. So, 
Okay, well, so all right, you're not being true with me, man. Don't we? Don't we? Don't we all play games? Don't we all play games with me? But then I will. I will operate with that in mind. I had a perfectly good manager and Gary Clutch Hoffman, the commissioner of this league, ready to make a deal, and he had good players out there. He was negotiating seriously with me, and I didn't want to break that trust. You know, that's how I I I operate. I'm in a trust. I'm going to be an honest. I don't see what was, so, 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 okay. In the future, would it be better for me to tell you, I'm going to shop this around because I'm a selling manager. Well, don't tell me, don't tell me like it's a serious, like I'm going to seriously consider it and tell me once you put it in the system, but I was, like, but I was seriously then I'll consider it. You said put it in the system. Well, I put it in the system. Me, you didn't accept. And then I saw you making deals with Corey at the same well, time. Okay. Well, I want to talk about you want to talk about that trade? Deals. I'm getting I'm getting, about that I'm getting no Corey offered me like a fifth rounder for Jimmy yeah. Butler. I said, well, that, that's all a conversation, but I'm just saying. If I'm your number one priority, Paul, no, no, but I here's like but here's the deal. Right, no, here's the deal. Had you had I said I said I was very seriously considering. Had you said, all right, I want to push this over the ledge. I'm gonna give you a third and a seventh or a fourth and a fifth. It would have been done. That's what happened with Corey. Corey sent me the deal. It was like a fifth for whatever. And Kobe White. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. I'm like, hey, Corey, it, you know, I'm, I said to him, I'm going to shop this around. But if you give me, a, if you do a fourth instead of a fifth, it's done. No shopping. It's over. He did it. And that was it. We were, we were three minutes of trade conversation. That's it. Same thing with Dan. He, he put in an offer. I said, it's a little. Well, well, you didn't give me that. I, know, I, I, didn't get that I respect courtesy, you enough but... to know how you're dealing. If I came to you and said, give me a third instead of a fourth, you would have said, go, go kill yourself. I'm not doing that trade. So w- with you, it's, I know, I know what you're, I know what you're that offering could, me is my final offer. So I'm going to compare every offer I could get to that deal. Justin, <laughs> you saw my, my conversation with Justin, what he was trying to negotiate against you with. That was like a whole, he was trying to make this like an eight, an eight player deal. So it was a lot more uh, convoluted. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I got, just I got no work, problem man. with trying to work other players into trades to try and find a situation that works. I'm saying, you know, you're saying that, you know, you're, you're the guy to come to if you want, if you want good value. I, I would argue that if you want to make a deal and you want to, you want a nice straightforward discussion where, where, you know, a nice straightforward discussion where you're starting off. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's going to be on the same page. It's going to be a very open, it's open and honest, honest but you're starting low. I'm the man to come opinion. to. You, you are starting low. And you now don't, uh, you don't have a fourth round pick. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, okay. Well, actually, I, I give my third. I admit oh, yeah. still. If you're talking about oh, right yeah, that now. Was, that, yeah. um, I'm just saying. You got, you, it, it, it's, it's not a good look for you. You're, you're, you're talking to me, then you, you, give, you, you go silent on me. You I make was playing with deals. my child, Ira. Just, I mean, you know, I was on vacation, for, for Christ's sake. That you could have told me that even you could have at least said you, to me you know you, you knew I was on vacation. Do no? you got to do? But I think I might have heard about it through Instagram or actually you did mention it. I texted you during the day. I don't I know. I'm in the Poconos, even. you know. Yeah. At some point you mentioned you were out there. Yeah, but so what's that to do with it? That's yeah, fair. Every day you're with your child, no? I assume you're always on. You're always parenting. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay, Paul. Well, we never were the. I know, you 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 you've said for. You, we know if we need to make well, a deal, we can come to each other. But it's never. That, it's that never was that was actually the funniest priority. thing about the whole thing is like I'm like we literally have had conversations on this podcast about how you and I have never made a trade together, and I'm like oh this is like this is one that I could I could actually see happening if like no one else is is willing to budge on anything, 
but I'm like, I'm like, this is going to go south quickly. I, I, especially once you did text me that like, Hey, like what's like, you know, what's the timeline on this? I'm like, Oh, like this is going to go south in like a bad way for one of us. So, uh, so, so, so good stuff. <laughs> I remember we had our, we had a, we had a long, like months, months long negotiation with Ricky Rubio one season. I was trying was, to like, get him right? like three or four years ago where like, you were you were selling, and I didn't want to pay your price for a while. Eventually, I give you a seventh for a twelfth, I think, uh, and that was what we did for Ricky Rubio. Yeah. And it was I think he did pretty well. I won the title. But, he know, did pretty, yeah. As all exactly. trades are measured, as all trades are measured. That's a great point. All right, so what other trades you want to talk about? There was a lot that went on besides just uh, our failed trade. Uh, what 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 trades have uh, stuck out in your mind over the past week or so? Uh, do you want to give a little, well, should we touch upon, uh, I guess, I mean, I feel like we need to give him a, a, some segment just because it's, I think it's what happened where Dan Corden was actually uh, buying, right? I mean, yeah, Dan Corden, the buyer. It, it's Who good to see. I, and Dan, welcome. So, I, I know this is probably your second podcast that you're listening to here. Happy to have you on board. Um, he, he enjoyed our last podcast, despite me, uh, making fun of him quite a bit. We're happy to have you on board here, Dan. Um, happy to see you buying. Happy to see you up in fifth place and rising, I think. Um, you know, getting some dead weight off your team. And Gorgie Deng, since you traded him to me, has like played zero minutes, I think, in the last three games. So, um, you know, that's a huge upgrade. Jared Allen, you're going to get everything you want from him uh, and more. And, uh, I mean, I think it was a, a fair trade. Maybe, maybe he overpaid a little bit, but that's what you should be doing to try to win a championship, in my opinion. I mean, I get, I get, I, your argument that, you know, you have to overpay to win, I don't know if that's necessarily uh, the reality. Uh, if you're working with, like, if you're ready to be active on the market, there's a lot of teams to choose from. But, I mean, because I, I think right now we're seeing Jared Allen. I mean, he's continuing to play great, but, I mean, this is, like, his absolute ceiling. Like, it could not be better for Jared Allen. So, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine he keeps this up, but... You know, Kevin Love should come back. Larry Nance should come back, and that's going to clog things up to some oh, degree. Oh, why, why, why do you – I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if those guys are going to come back and take minutes. I mean, or, or touches. I mean, the way Jared Allen's playing right now. I mean, first of all, the team could use just more good players. Um, so, so, so it's not really going to affect him. Right, but I mean, well, right now – I mean, right now, Jared Allen, the last five games he's gotten – 34 minutes or more. So, I mean, I just think, I mean, there's no reason why they're going to, they need to keep playing him that kind of load. Um, and I don't know, Kevin Love's going to get rebounds. That's one thing Kevin Love does well. Larry Nance Jr. is going to kind of distribute on offense. He was doing that quite a bit when the season first got started for the Cavs. So, I mean, I just think Allen is bound to see a slice and just like the touches he has with the ball. Uh, but, I don't know. And also, I mean, he's just playing so well. I mean, um, I guess I'm a little skeptical. He's Can't a young player, though. I mean, he's, he's a guy who's primed for this but... kind of breakout in general. It's his third season in the league. Uh, he's been good the first two seasons in reduced roles. But I think every time he's played, he's shown flashes that he could be a guy that's a you know, 15 and 10 guy with, uh, with a few blocks. Um, I don't see that, that, you know. Yeah, look, maybe he'll get less touches on offense. But to me, he's kind of go bearish. Where I think if he's reducing, like he'll he'll score the same amount of points on fewer shots. He'll just get better shots. 
uh, when some of these guys come back, I think. So, so well, I mean, he's already I, shooting at pretty a, outrageous you know, pace. Exactly. I mean, well, that's why I'm saying he's not going to keep shooting so well. I, I can't imagine. But eh, I, now he's flashing the three-pointer a little bit the last few games. I don't know. Look, it's right now it should be an okay deal. Uh, but it's awfully high price to pay. We'll we'll see how we'll see how it turns out as the. Uh, I, I will say in general, I'm, I'm shocked a little bit about the. I thought the market was going to be depressed this year because everyone's nervous about you know COVID shutdowns and all that kind of stuff. The market's been, the picks have been flowing. Um, I think it proves again that look, certain managers when they're in the bottom of the, the league, they need to work harder to to trade their assets. You know, it seems like whenever me and Garrett and now John are in the bottom. And, and selling our guys. We're getting better assets than Corey and Dan and Levy when they're at the bottom. So I think people need to work a little harder to, to sell their assets, uh, even if they're skeptical, you know, soured on the season. The, the assets are there even in a, in a tank year like this, you know? Uh, oh, well, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I mean, right now the market's a little... It's a little late right now, I would say. I mean, there's not too many. Uh, I mean, Duran is selling. That's somebody that certainly people can be in touch with. But and besides him, unless I mean, it sounds like Paul could go either way. You know, Paul's <laughs> going to be a. It's certainly not going to be an easy uh, broker if you come approaching him for his assets. Uh, it's tough to buy right now, which is, I think, kind of my factor when I decided. You know, I need to make a move with Garrett here. Uh, you know, standing pat. I just felt like I was going to get squeezed too hard. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, some of the top, the top teams right now in the standings are Justin and Andrew, who, you know, I think in our rundown, I marked them as the, uh, the silent movers because, you know, they're play- they're making plenty of moves, but they're not making the big trades. So, uh, it'll be interesting. Justin made no move last season. He, I don't know. He kind of just, uh, tapped out of making a big trade. Well, when, you, when, so, when you're making, I don't know what he's got in mind. Drops, you know, why you make a trade, Ira, you know, it's, uh, it's not really necessary. How does it feel that that's going to be over after the season? Because <laughs> I think we're getting there. I, I think it's happening. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a long-term conversation. I don't know. I, I don't uh, think that... I was hearing some conflicting views on the, during the poker game last Friday, you know, about uh, what people were seeking from the league. What do you mean? So, I don't know. I think... No, just, it didn't sound like everybody was convinced that uh, it was time for a change. So, I don't know. There were some skeptics, the skeptics? out there. I, I mean, I focus more on the poker oh, than I do yeah, on the yeah, uh, yeah. conversation. Yeah, that, people were sounding skeptical. I, I think, I think John was skeptical that anything was changing. Uh, I think, I think he mentioned that during the poker game. I can't remember who else was on. Can I, I just say that John, John understands less about this league than literally everybody. <laughs> like, like he, he, he thinks he has the pulse uh-huh. on what he has no historical reference for anything that's gone on. The only person that has less of a historical reference than him is Levy, because Levy lives in his own dream world <laughs> and, and literally makes up things based on how they happen. But I think even he wants a Muslim. So, you know. Look, Trevere's usually one of the blocks of, of moves, and he's said that he wants uh, – this is something he, he fully supports. Well, Trevere usually just – yeah. Trevere usually is a block of any sort of change, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I think – I think all of these. I, I think all of us should be uh, modest in saying that we don't really know what the league's pulse no, is going to be. I, I, I do. I do fully expect this around. one being a seven-five vote, but uh, I think this is probably the most nervous you've been in, in quite some time. I think you probably thought this issue was dead, and uh, and now it's back. Nah, it's, it's the kind of subject matter that's always going to come back. I mean, yeah, it's just the league's always going to go through cycles, you know. 
change is always going to be sought. You know, some people need to look outwards <laughs> to the league mechanisms. Some people have to look inwards. Yeah, it's, yeah, everyone has their preferences. So I'm, uh, I'm patient. Let relationships fall where they may. You know, in baseball, we have a moves limit. And I just won the league last season. You know, I'm sure I can, uh, you know, play under any format. And uh, you know, for me, I just like to play the game. Uh, so, you know, having a moves limit, I just feel like kind of in pitches. I, I got to tell everyone, so. it looks like Ira has practiced this speech in the mirror like 500 times. Like I think I think I think since we had this conversation over chat a few weeks ago, this is always every day before he goes to sleep, he looks in the mirror, he pulls out his script, and he says, "Okay, deep breath. Just want him to stand the podcast when the, when the subject comes up." And, and you you really nailed the delivery, Ira. I'm really proud of you. I, I'm not sure that public speaking was always your forte, but right there, you just nailed the perfect speech of of how you feel about your feelings on this issue, and w- without really alarming anyone really keeping it kind of modest that, Oh yeah, it's not an issue. I'm not concerned. You know, the league is fine as it is. It's it, things are going to go down as I want it to. V- very well done. I respect it. It's, honestly, look, I will like, like any issue in the league. I don't know. For me, it's I'm, I'm interested in maintaining some league competitiveness. I'm interested in being able to play the game. Yeah, I mean, those are my major concerns. You know, hopefully there's entertainment factor that, you know, people are enjoying the experience. Those are the kinds of things I'm weighing when, uh, you know, things are brought to the conversation table. Well, look, if eight of 12 managers said, hey, we'd enjoy this league more, if there was a, you know, a moves limit, would you then say, you know what, guys? You know, I know I lost this vote and I I feel differently than you. I'm still going to vote with you guys because I I feel that if if the league is going to enjoy this more, I'm going to vote with you. How do you feel about that? Well, I think the reality is just like the keeper situation. I mean, I'm not going to just be a, a, a follow the leader vote. Oh, I mean, come on. I have to think for myself here. I have to have the best interest of the league in my heart, not just, you know, letting people walk off a cliff if they want to. You know, I have to be, I have to be smart about these things. So, yeah, I am looking forward to any discussions that might come up during the manager's meeting, uh, you know. I hope that we maintain timely agenda for all items that matter to the league. Um, yeah, look, I think, you know, the keeper system, I think, was, is another classic scenario where, you know, we introduced the keeper system, and I think it, it's hurt league competitiveness. The, the, yeah. the third keeper rule, you're saying? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think, but yeah, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's advantageous for, you know, having a competitive 12-man league, but, you know. It's it's I mean it's been a a nice renaissance year for some of our managers still. It's good to see you know we got Dan we got Eric both uh, you know looking very strong right now. Uh, Corey's making a surge you know which hasn't been so common. Corey's interesting. Like I, I haven't uh, seen Corey engaged in the league like this in a long time. Like there's a difference between like being like you know close and like and being into it. I feel like Corey's like feeling like I'm gonna be competitive. I'm gonna try. Uh, it's good to see. It's really nice to see. It's been a long time for Corey, it feels like. I think he was in the playoffs like three years ago. But uh, even then, it was kind of like, oh, okay, I got in. Like, I'm not going to do anything. I, th- I think he is really interested in uh, in kind of elevating himself and, and really making a run this year. Yeah, he made it uh, two years ago. Now he made the playoffs back in uh, 2018. And, uh, you know, well, I don't take it on a sixth-place finish. But I guess that's actually his – Three straight sixth-place finishes in the playoffs. So, yeah, Corey's only made the uh, semis a few times back in the early days. 
But uh, I mean, I, I I thought personally, I I I don't know why you love Kobe White so much. I thought that was a great deal for Corey. Uh, uh, I'm very Jimmy Butler's been so. Look, Andrew said it when I drafted him. Jimmy Butler's like the weight around your neck, and like it, I don't know, man. I, I got rid of him just like Nebraska got rid of that player, and, and now the team is bombing away against Rutgers. I felt the same way the last two weeks. I get rid of Jimmy Butler. My team is starting to perform. Don't have to worry about his constant injury issues and you know shutdown issues and all that kind of stuff. Kobe um, White, I'm not I'm not necessarily keeping him, but. Um, to me, it's a it's a solid uh, late keeper potential guy plus a fourth round pick. So I I took Jimmy in the fourth. Uh, no, I took Jimmy in the third. I took Jimmy in the third. But but to me uh, to me Jimmy Butler's yeah, fourth fifth round value this season. So um, well, but you gave him a ninth, not a fifteenth. So you know, it's, it's no, a, that's fair. That that's fair. A difference. Uh, that said, sometimes sometimes you want like a one or two late picks. You want to be able to have the flexibility to drop guys, uh, you know, at some point. And, yeah, and I already, I I already dumped a, a 14 with, with the Garrett trade or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I don't mind having, you know, I know it's only a five-round move, but a fourth round is, is still pretty valuable. Yeah. I mean, the issue, the issue with White is, I mean, even even if the shooting comes around to like an okay Yeah, the field goal level, percentage still won't be efficient. Yeah, yet. you can't get in the paint. Well, I mean, well, the shooting the shooting's one thing, but it just there's no steals now. I mean, the guy is – gone so cold and from the steals department and he wasn't very good at it as a rookie that that's the big concern i mean if you can't do that then it's yeah. gonna be a slog look, look, to me to me it's just one more option uh, i think my team's gonna be loaded up with options this year uh i'm gonna spend the next few months finding more options and uh again there's more trades to happen here and we'll, we'll see what goes on what what are the yeah paul keeps what are you gonna say I don't know. Yes, you keep alluding to more deals. I'm just curious. There's going to be more I deals in one way or the other. That's the thing. There, there will certainly be more deals. It's either going to be selling or buying or, or some sort of combination. But uh, yeah, I guess somebody's willing to pay, and you're, you don't like to sell unless you're getting your uh, your fair price. Someone always there. pays, man. Someone always pays. That's that's the moral of the story. Someone's going to want to compete. Someone sees a path to championship. They're going to, you know, I I I, I have the players uh, that are going to put someone over the top. If I wind up selling, like Miles Turner and Chris Paul are going to put someone over the top. Throw Derek White in there. I mean, I mean that, that's a that's a package. That's a real package there. If you want to buy these guys individually, that's fine. You're just going to have to pay more individually. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Miles Turner, like I like I expected, is slowly coming back down to earth. I'd say you know, no, no longer their early round beast you once uh, you once were trying to sell. That's fair, but the blocks are still there. Which is which is where if someone needs to boost that category, the blocks are still going to be there. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly a blocks guy. Certainly a blocks guy. Not much else, but I'll give you the blocks. Look, at, he's kind of replaced Brook Lopez now in the league hierarchy. Now that uh, Brooks falling apart, uh, yeah, I had to. I had some concerns about the. I was about to say, what, what, I don't know. That's a pretty good segue to, the, to that trade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 nice that I don't know. It's, it's nice that we all stick to like our traditional plays, like you know, like I, I don't know, me and Kyle Lowry. Like after I made the deal with Garrett, he was like, "Yeah, I, don't, I was kind of concerned nobody wanted Kyle Lowry, but like, you know, if if you need somebody to buy Kyle Lowry, I'm your man. You know, if you need somebody to buy Brook Lopez, you turn to Eric. I feel like we need to do a, a podcast at at some point where like we need to just identify like, who is like for each manager who is like their guy, like like. 
Dan, like Dan Cordens is like DeAndre Jordan to me, right? Like he will always buy back DeAndre, like at least for many years. Like that, that's his exact kind of player, you know? Um, to me, like you, it's like Ricky Rubio slash Kyle Lowry, like that kind of aging point guard that like isn't a flashy scorer, but will do every kind of all the little things. Um, I mean, my guy, I guess, is like, I mean, my guy is more interesting, I guess. I don't know. George, George Hill. I mean, <laughs> but he's dead now, so. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I mean, I think, like, yeah. Okay. I, could, I mean, Shamir is definitely, like, whoever the, the latest, like, young, flashy rookie is. Whether that's, like, Trey Young or, like, like he should have LaMelo Ball right now. He'll yeah. Lonzo, yeah. But, you know, like. I mean, as if Trevier's team slides, like, I, I'm sure he's going to give some sort of godfather offer to, like, Andrew, like, Durant for LaMelo, you know, like, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Corey loves – Corey always – Evan Fournier and Corey <laughs> have, a, have had a long – And, long and the Mania belt, Bielitsa, I feel like is a, a huge Corey guy. Yeah, Bielitsa, yeah. <laughs> I think I made a joke about him it's earlier. Really Corey's like, that guy is going to give you like three three great weeks a year. And I'm like, that's the perfect answer, Corey. Like, that's incredible. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. John, John will be – I think John will always be P.J. Tucker. Actually, actually, he, let him, he let him go. See, it actually screwed me that John is bad now because to me, John and Miles Turner are like the thing. John John's had Miles Turner on his team for like most of his career. So – it kind of pissed me off when John's team started doing poorly. I, I figured John was going to overpay me at some point for, for Turner. I think I even told John, I joked to him that I'm like, you're going you're to give me too much for him at some point. But, and I, and I drafted him just to trade him to John eventually, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Still, still a good pick so far. We'll see. We'll see how much miles continues to decline, but uh, all right. So let's, Let's swing to the Eric. So Eric made a maneuver, and I, pretty early in the season too. I mean, I guess he uh, saw the action going. I feel like usually Eric likes to uh, strike late in the season. Yeah, and usually, to, uh, usually I up. feel like he's being approached. It's not. He's usually not like the instigator of the trade, you know. But this this one seems to be like he was proactive on it. Yeah. So he uh, he worked out. He gave up a a sixth and an eighth rounder. Got back a tenth and a twelfth, and. Uh, Brought in Laurie Marketing and Brooke Lopez in the process. And so, I mean, two two very Eric-y players to me, like Stretch Biggs seems like uh, those are those are the, the standard Eric go-to options. And I guess it's good that, like, you know, they weren't too early at picks, which is a plus, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you still like Laurie She, ha- she hasn't played the last like, 10 uh, games. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he's, he's uh, <laughs> highly unlikely to return before the All-Star break, right? And that was the latest report. <laughs> yeah. But before that, he was progressing and feeling better, which is probably what Eric Glass So, saw. I mean, like, if, if you have an issue with Dan giving me a fourth or Jared Allen, who's, like, legitimately – like, at least for the next, like, three weeks, Jared Allen will perform at an extremely high level. Um, I'm not sure that's the case for either of the guys Eric acquired for a sixth and eighth rounder. Um, and I know wow, he only gave up a tenth and a twelfth. I mean, but it's still it's, – it's, it's two picks are sliding back four rounds. Um, and, and, and for guys who are not really rosterable, that's also fair. Um, and, and, and maybe when you're looking at, at uh, marketing, that's what you really got to compare that, you, you know, you gave up guys that are 
really, really poor end of bench players and, and just boosting those spots. Um, to your point earlier, if you, if you wind up, you know, in the championship, you know, this trade is fully worth it. You're not really a sixth and eighth. You're not sacrificing your long term. But um, I don't know. Brooke Lopez has not been great for two seasons now. Yeah, it's hard to imagine Brooke Lopez turning it around. Any longer. By the way, is he, is he like the the poster boy for like Yahoo's rankings are fucked up? He's number seven. He's ranked seventy four right now. He's averaging ten point seven points, five point one rebounds. Uh, it's just he doesn't hurt you anywhere, I and mean, he, he's not averaging like his blocks aren't insane like they were a few years ago either. You know. Well, yeah, I mean that's the issue. The blocks, the threes are, are down. I mean, he was still going for over two blocks a game with the Bucks the last two years, and now it's not there no more. So, I mean, that's you know, that's kind of the end of the line for Brook Lopez, like in terms of like being uh, at least like a mid round value. And now he's now he's just like a late round flyer to give you some blocks. To me, it's not like a terrible trade, but you could get this from Robert Williams. Trade, but I feel like there's yeah. if you're going to trade for like middling players like that, there's better middling players to trade for. Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean Laurie has the upside, but like you're not going to keep like, him though. He's, he's past that point. Oh no, he's certainly not keeping him. I mean, it, it's just a swing. It's like I would, I'd rather just like trade for Laurie and like I give you, I'll give you sure I'll give you an eighth for a twelfth to like take a flyer on Laurie marketing and like, but like also this roster has a lot of injuries too. I don't know. It's just you know, if you're not going to manage like day to day, it's tough to justify uh, carrying a guy to give up your IL spot. I mean, this roster has. Alfred Payton on it right now. He was injured. And Halliburton right who, now, who, but, you can't drop him. Well, but I mean, I, I've been trying to trade for Halliburton, but I think Eric's keeping him for the next three, four years. So, To me, he's a guy that, like, the Yahoo rank system, like, isn't scoring well. I mean, I know he's, like, the percentages are great. No, he's good. But, like, like thir- 32 is probably high, but he's probably, like, somewhere around, like, 65. Right? I mean – yeah, I mean he's got the glueiness that yeah works well, but and he's a rookie. Iron. Like he's a, he's but, a good player, but you're right, Eric's probably overrating him. Well, yeah, for di- dynasty wise, he's like somebody, yeah, especially with where he was picked yeah. this year. Um, and I mean, I mean, not to give anything away, but like all the and Eric doesn't really want to trade him, so uh, it's not really saying much. But like everyone should be targeting him. If they're looking for a late round keeper. Um, but yeah, I mean Powell and Powell. I mean after this weekend, may not even get his spot back once he's. Once he's back, uh, <laughs> no, no, a lot yeah, of a lot of game time decision guys on this team, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Draymond's another player that Eric I think has always had a always had a feel for, uh, and he's, I mean, I don't know, I mean, good for him that like he rode this out and like didn't drop him because I'm not sure I would have been able to wait out Draymond <laughs> this year, but. Uh, I mean, he's playing great right now in the assists. I mean, I don't know. One of those players like only works in like certain teams. And certain what a formats. hard data roster, though, right? I mean, five point seven points a game, but six rebounds and eight and a half assists. It's yeah. so weird. It's like and he's shooting awful. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's like he's basically yeah, he's basically he's a very Rubio, but with power forward and center eligibility. Which which honestly <laughs> would make him perfect for my team. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Strange career, strange career. That guy. He'll be one to like tell our kids about. Uh, well, that's what's funny, but, right? You, I, mean, I, I feel like you've actually... been fun of Draymond a lot over the over the years, but I feel like like you would tell your kid to watch Draymond Green footage, right? 
Because Draymond, he's so, I mean, he's somebody. He's somebody if he was on my team. Like Draymond, I Draymond is like but everything like you like in a basketball team, player. So. He's a great rebounder. He's like undersized and still gets that done. He is pass first. Will give up a yeah. shot. Literally, it was unfortunate he was on a dynasty. It was unfortunate he was on the dynasty. And, you know, if uh, I don't know, if he had been like an Indiana Pacer, you know, like sub him in for David West, for example, like when the Pacers were uh, battling the Heat, I would have loved him. Him and Lance, oh, yeah. like battling with LeBron <laughs> and talking so much trash, like that would have been amazing. I mean, but, plus, you know, plus he probably would have been the backup uh, point guard, so DJ Augustine didn't have to get trapped at half court all game. <laughs> no. Mark your bingo board, guys. <laughs> I, I probably do still bring that up, like an irrational amount for like a guy that literally played <laughs> six minutes in the playoffs. You know, six minutes a game in the playoffs that year, <laughs> and it was. He's had a great career. He's played like eighteen years. It's been literally ten years since that happened, and I I can't get over it. (laughs) I was really invested in the Pacers team. That's what's going on. (laughs) Clearly, I can uh, that much I can tell. Uh, All right, what else do we have here on the rundown? I think we've uh, we're already over an hour. We're just over. We're just over an hour. Take away my little uh, internet freeze there. You know, it's it's an hour. Oh, this is true. Uh, anybody else that we really need to to zoom in on right now? No, because like, honestly, know, the, uh... the league is bouncing around so much. Like, it's hard to really zoom in on anyone and make any true analysis. Well, we should talk about this. You have the categories here. Let's just let's just briefly gaze at this. You say the tankers are Garrett, John, and Paul. No man's land, Duran and Trevier. The traders are Levy, Corey, Eric, Dank, and Ira. And the silent movers are Justin and Andy. Do you still you, you, you buy into all that still? But I mean, based on our conversation today, which I don't know, I mean, based on how you're talking about how your deal making operates, I don't know if we could trust your word on these matters, Paul. But it sounds like you're, uh, yeah, you're you're going to be more of a, well. It sounds like you're going to buy in, in my opinion. I mean, unless maybe unless you have like a superstar keeper well, you can land uh, to complement Jokic, uh, you have too many picks to to continue to load up on picks. I think I think you have I mean, to trade up. And I mean, you're looking at the standings right now. Who's in front of you? Are you intimidated by bunch of, a bunch of wusses? Are you intimidated by Corey? I'm not scared. <laughs> the, the, the problem is that I'm playing Justin this yeah. week in a in a week that has, you know, naturally 69 games or whatever, something like that. Which means Justin's going to put like 100 games on me, and I don't know if I could withstand that. I really don't. That said, I feel like my team. I, I have nothing really to back this up. But I feel like my team has shot over 90% from the free throw line on multiple weeks this season, which has got to be some sort of record and pretty wild. And I, I don't know what to do about it. Um, and I don't know how to compliment my team in the best way that way. All I know is Jimmy Butler's off my team, and I, I'm, I'm feeling good now, Ira. <laughs> and, Andrew, All right, Andrew so we're just, just going to focus on Jimmy Butler being off. Who are the, who are the, <laughs> the, the, the worst-to-own players of all time in fantasy? To me, off the top of my head, I have Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Martin. I mean, I'm about to prove you all wrong with Rudy Gobert. <laughs> you might, you might want to, no, uh, I know. Rudy's good this one. year. The, it is funny. There's, like, I feel like the, the Jazz of all like, – every single player on the team is elevated this year, except for Joe Ingles. Um, and, like, Indiana, with that new coach, everyone is elevated this season. And like the rest of the league is like the same as they were. 
You, mean, you yeah. said Utah, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's true. I guess everyone is basically better. I mean, yeah, Joe Ingles. I mean, but even Joe Ingles, it's like he's not performing to like the mean, like what, like what you were expecting when you got Joe Ingles this time around. But yeah, that's a. I mean, I guess that reflects on how dominant the regular yeah. season's been. All that's uh, all that's been derailed yeah, them is apparently there's some lawsuit pending now against uh, some of the coaching staff there. What did they do? Not even, oh, I it came up like yesterday. Uh, there was some exit interview, and there was some, I guess, similar to like the Atlanta Hawks thing a few years back with Danny Ferry. There was some like some player accused the, the team of like being racially insensitive. And Quinn Snyder was in the room, but I don't think he was like he wasn't accused of doing anything wrong. But they're basically going to release the record of what that what what happened in that okay. exit interview. So that's like I, the Jazz are really good. I think it's like the, the thing that, that will derail them if anything. But uh, I I was really skeptical about Donovan Mitchell, um, but last year in the playoffs, I he kind of made me a believer. So we'll see. Yeah, he yeah. I mean. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and like, Jamal Murray in the playoffs last year are both so amazing that, like, going into this season, I was just like, right, like I'm sold on these guys. Like, and like Jamal Murray was so awful for so long uh, for like this first half, but he's finally turned it around. Uh, yeah, and I knew he turned around. Just... It's funny during the draft, I'm like, I don't want Jamal Murray because I'm, I'm, I knew I was emotionally too invested in how good he was during the playoffs, and I'm like, it's not going to work the same way. Uh, we'll let this pass. I'll, I'll trade for him when he's low. But uh, that never really happens in our league. No one ever trades for anyone they're low. Maybe, maybe Eric did. Maybe Eric did. All right, what else do we want to talk about here? You're right. We covered most of the league here. Um, you have, all right, let's, let's go to these final two notes that are less, less league-based, more fun. Oh, let's, 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 get, let's get a check-in. I mean, I do think it's important. I, where, where do we feel? Do we think Dan Corden is ready to make the playoffs? I think that's uh, a good question to ask. I point. think he's there. I think it's happening. You and think you it's know, happening? Every season when you ask me that question, I'm skeptical. Um, I, I, I usually don't believe in him. I think he has the only team. He has one, one guy on his team that has a game-time decision, and he has Chris Steps on the injured list. That's got to be like the only guy in the league that's like that right now. He, he, yeah, he has been healthy all year. He, yeah. For for once in his life, he's gotten lucky. Like Fred Van Vliet elevated to a true, true superstar keeper. Terry Rozier has been great. Uh, Terrence Ross has like actually played kind of up to his expectation for the first time in his career. Harrison Barnes has been putting up fantasy production, which he's never done before. Zion is 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 rounding into form. Miles Bridges has been pretty good of late. Um, now he has Jared Allen on his team. Al Horford, I think like that trade was a bad trade to me. We didn't talk about that one, but to me, I think Al Horford's not playing by April. Yeah, it's just I mean he's on a he's on a he takes a day off every time they yeah, and, and every time back, he sits, which is, Isaiah uh, Roby puts up like sixteen and ten, like. He's going to be out of the rotation by by April once that team is out of contention. So, so, so and, I mean, and but, well, I mean, the goal is to trade him, I assume. But, and if he gets traded, it's probably going to be a negative. Absolutely, it's but it's hard to imagine. But I mean, that. look, I, I didn't even mention Bam yet. Bam has been incredible. Paul George, yeah, Bam's, Bam's Paul George will probably yeah, get better. As he's Bam and good. Zion, that that's a, that's an excellent top that, two. That is a great build around. around. For like the next five As years, excellent build around. 
uh, this team has championship written on it. Like, no, I'm serious. I don't think. I look. He, he has to manage. Oh, he has to manage the team. But I like. I don't think. I, right. I, I don't but... think he's going to miss the playoffs, as long as there's no catas- like injury catastrophe, and 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 I think wow. he has the talent. The team is talented enough to make, you know, to make that run. But he'll have to. He'll have to. Look, his years of not ever picking up a guy on a waiver is going to – like, Dan, here's my advice to you if you're listening. Um, at some point – well, who's your worst player? Tim Hardaway Jr. probably? Yeah, Rosser Jr. probably. Which, yeah. look, I get he's not bad and the guys on waivers are worse than him. You need to make a waiver move just to understand how it works because the app lies – the the web page is confusing of how it of how it registers. I think he I think he's no. done it. I think he's done. I, a I hear what you're saying, Ira. I'm telling you, Dan. If you if you if you if you were hearing me say, I don't think you know how waivers work, and you cannot within three seconds regurgitate how it works based on what's returning on the screen, make a waiver move and and take notes because you will need it in the playoffs to understand how that works. Um, that said, he does have the advantage. Like he'll be up at three in the morning. Like if Dan, if Dan mm-hmm. is going to be active in the playoffs, Oof. he's gonna. That would be yeah, huge. Like this team is good. Like this team is really for the, like Dan has had teams where he was in contention like to make the playoffs before. This team is like too good to miss the playoffs. I think. I really do think that way. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, we can. I don't know. We can argue about uh, whether the ranking system of Yahoo is good or not. But I mean, this team does have. Just going by average rank, which, you know, is like if the guy plays a game, like what's his ranking amongst the league? Dan's got one, he's got three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, he's got like 10 guys that are like in the top 70 right now. So, I mean, it's, I mean, he's, he's certainly got some, he's got some weapons. Uh, you know, Chris Stapps, Bam, Paul George, Fred Van Bleet, you know, Jared Allen, Zion. Terry Rozier, I mean, yeah, that's that's a lineup that could uh, do some damage, you know, with some proper management. But yeah, I I would say I would say if he can get if he gets by me this week, you know, holds holds his ground. I mean, you know, I think he could outlast, you know, a Corey maybe or an Eric, you know, to stand that last spot if Paul trades out. Then you know, he's uh he's in decent position. I would say he's uh more likely to do so than not do it. So. Let's see where this swing weight takes us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Dan, if you're willing to part with that third-round draft pick, you know, I have guys. I have guys that will compliment your team. You could use a real point guard. Chris Paul's uh, sitting there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Paul, Paul's always happy to sell if you want to pay the high price. No, no question about it. Uh, all right. I think we've hit everything we wanted to in the fantasy realm. Uh and we, we got through our saga. That trade saga is a good story. I think that'll go down in the league archives. <laughs> uh, uh, let's run through. Let's do the – I think let's let's hit the uh, – as society, I think, is beginning to turn a little bit maybe. So, so how are you thinking? I mean, uh, you know, I feel like the discussions are picking up. There's, you know, this, the legendary Saftaba that, that could be or the Atlantic City trip that could be. Uh, is around the corner, maybe, or at least around the riverbank. Seems like it's I think possible. we're getting close. I really do. Um, and I'm I'm walking away from the computer. I got to get my charger. Ira. But um, I, I think we're not. 
we're not too far away from from not a return to normalcy, but a return to the ability to do some normal things. Um, and I think SAFTA will, will be part of that. If we're all vaccinated, there's no reason not to do it. Um, I'm sure there will be some people that will be a little bit more nervous to do things and return to normal. Because, you know, now it's like it's almost been normal to not do stuff for the past year. But I mean, to me, what, what is the point of getting this vaccine yeah. if, you're, if you're not going to kind of try to restore your life to normalcy a little bit? Yeah, no, uh, that's a fa- that's a fair point that the the vaccine should have some sort of difference. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you, yeah, I, I, personally, I've been measuring the numbers, you know, and seeing how things are improving. And I mean, in reality, things are improving a lot more around the rest of the country than they are here, even like even at a faster pace. So uh, I'm hopeful that we're about to enter a, a very good spell around here, even if things get a little worse in other areas. Um, so I am getting more hopeful, you know, that, yeah, maybe uh, it might be time to start training, you know. And we're having a few drinks tonight on this podcast, you know, and, uh, you know, build it up, building up the uh, tolerance levels and stomachs is going to be crucial as we uh, re-enter socializing in person. It's going to be so weird that first time because, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no comparison to, to drinking with your friends, you know, pacing. Uh, I'm sure you're going to go back right to your old ways of, you know, peer pressure and, um, you know, pushing everyone to the limit, just, you know, you're off, be damned. So, uh, so that first time is going to be wild. I'm pretty excited for it. Hopefully it'll yeah. be, ho- yeah. Yeah. hopefully it'll be an AC, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited. I, I, I suspect an in-person one will probably happen sooner in our area than, uh, Atlantic city where I'm getting out in public, but yeah, no, it's certainly, uh, Making me think I have to find a way into the vaccination system. Uh, you just later. listen, man. You just got to. We talked about this yesterday. You just got to rip the bandaid off and, and start looking for it because um, this is not like a a, a well organized thing. It, right now, it's hard to find appointments. You know, you're not really taking one away from seniors. People are tr- like, the state is taking them away from seniors. You're not taking it away from seniors. Think of it that way. So. You know, get your vaccine. You have allergies and stuff. You know, don't 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 feel bad about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a, I have a bad back. Yeah, I'm gonna need to get that vaccination. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's it, it's a bit of a moral quagmire. I'll uh, I'll I'll say as that. someone who usually agrees with you on moral issues, and 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 someone who started off feeling this as a moral issue, I I think once the state classified smokers as a uh, Preferred class, right? Well, I, I think I think that went out the at the window for me personally. Well, I did, yeah. Well, no, it's, well, you never smoke, so I have a reputation to maintain. I can't just go uh, be smirching my good name now, saying I smoke one. I mean, well, I you. That's been my shtick. I know, but I if everyone if everyone is vaccinated before you and you miss the first Saftiva, uh how will you ever live with yourself? You guys won't. You guys just won't go forward without me. I assume. I, I wouldn't assume anything, man. That's true, French. I think, I think yeah, Scott is really that's Scott is really mean. itching here. You know, are you are you realizing Scott to be the leader of the Saftaba? Come on, uh, this is a Saftaba or like a Sleeptaba? <laughs> well, Scott's Scott's really good at hyping the Saftaba, if not performing at the Saftaba. Yeah, 
Scott's really good at like hyping and showing up and then like leaving like after an hour. <laughs> for whatever sketchy Scott purposes, he has to exit the area. Yeah. yeah. He's probably only sleepier. Yeah. He's on. probably only sleepier now that he's a kid too. It's uh, not going to be a good look for him. Right. Well, yeah, you also have the kid excuse. You can do it. You can break the loss now. You're a father, Paul. You're right. It's for, it's, it's for the child. safety of my child. You know. That's right. Yeah. In my case, you know, I'm just a. Sh- a You're a fiance now, Ira. Yes. You know, it, 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 you have to, uh, you have to protect say, your yes. educator wife. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a fair point. She is saving the youth, and few people are willing to uh, take 40K a year jobs to educate <laughs> children. So, <laughs> it's, you have to value those it's people. Really, it's really true. <laughs> <sighs> uh, oh, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to breaking out. And yes, I'm very concerned about my tolerance levels. That's why I drink every Friday. I have to. I have to keep up my uh, keep up something, you know. Yeah, but or else I now no I'm concerned that you're like a Pavlov's dog. Like every time you drink, now you're just si- like you don't dr- talk when you're on Friday night. Uh, well, that's the poker. That's the poker. I understand talking. that, but is it, oh, that's why I'm saying it's like Pavlov's dogs. Have you now trained yourself that when you drink, you don't speak? No, 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 no. I I, I highly doubt that. When I, when I drink, all my judgments just come out, you know? It's just, you know, it's a, it's a flowing stream. I think, I think the first time you drink heavily, it's going to be like, you haven't had like a real Ira emotional drinking breakdown in a long time? Uh, no, nah, I think we got, I think we got past that. I don't know, man. Well, no, we haven't gotten past that, but I think, yeah, no, you're right. It's never going to go away, probably. And, but... well, <laughs> the bigger thing is, I think the, the first time you're going to go so hard, I think classic Ira emotions are coming out while drinking. Like you're not. If, if we're at like, no. oh man, I just, so you guys should have one without I, me. You don't want you don't want me to waste. You don't want me to tarnish the occasion with the. I just crap, got I just so. got sad. I'm like, oh, like obviously we'll do it in like Trevin John's apartment, and like you'd go in the back room there. I was thinking about, and then uh, I'm like, this should be a podcast topic. Where where is the right place to do it now? There is none. I mean, I know we talked about like Jerry's backyard, but that won't be the. That's not quite the same. Unleash. I, I think like. your apartment. I don't know. I know, I know you're not much of a host, but no, I would do it. Just you know, I'm not. I'm not the boss of this place. It's uh, you know. Where, where it else are we doing this Garrett's place. So like we, Garrett's is not a bad call. Is, like we, we, we could do it. Levy's, Levy's is a good option. Yeah, like like Amy doesn't mind having parties here, but she'll want to like she's be like, oh fuck that, like I'm getting drunk too, like you know. Oh, where's your child? Your child have to stay out. Or yeah, we bring it to one of the grandparents. And that's not the same. Yeah, I'm, okay. For Saftaba, this is not a Saftaba home. This is like a a, a both genders <laughs> party home. Uh-huh. Sad times. Sad times. That's, that's how it's okay. that's how it's been. Amy just likes to you know get involved. It's fine. It's a good thing. She likes to drink. It's good. That's true. No, live your best self. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Yep. Like 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 point. you know, she had no problem hosting All Star Saturday last year. You know, she's she's all about that. Uh, which is by the way, this Saturday we haven't spoke about that even. Oh shit! I did not know that. Is, that's still happening. Yeah. They haven't stopped that yet. Yeah. Fuck. Are we, are we, I guess we're gonna do some sort of Zoom for that, maybe. Yeah. I've been thinking about it a little bit. Like maybe if people are around and they want to Zoom, we could do like we could draw teams and and do like a Zoom. Like, like everyone sets up a table in their home, and we could do our own. Uh... Oh, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. That'd be nice if people get into it. That'd be yeah. The, the the beer chug will be an interesting element, but. uh like at the end of the, uh, yeah, there should be a lot of put. Yeah, I don't know how we're gonna measure the cup height in in that in that scenario. Making sure there's a proper pour. Oof. 
Not easy. Yeah. Not easy. Hmm. I'll think about it. It's complicated. All right. It's just fun to brainstorm. Yeah, we can discuss that on Friday if you come to a poker. You can, uh, yeah. You can discuss the rules and everything, get people okay. pumped. All right. I'll start, we'll start spreading the word. It's been a good podcast. I'm, I'm getting excited. Good. Right. Good. I got you in a, po- I got you in a positive mood. Art. This is a good thing. Very excited about that. All right. Yeah, we, we came a long way since the beginning of this podcast, where I think we probably, I mean, I, I guess we've been at bad places with uh, some of the trades that have taken place in these sorts of the big boy years, but uh, I don't know. We were, we were pretty heartbroken with that game loss. I don't know if we've ever had a pod where uh, post-game reaction was that rough. No, no, probably not. Um, yeah, I mean, look, look, the saddest, the saddest podcast of all time was the one that we drank, like, that, that whole bottle of, like, whiskey and vodka at your apartment. When you lived in Hoboken, yeah. still, I don't. Th- that was a downer. Yeah, that was a downer. But uh, no, this one we, we've come. We've come to a, a fun place. This is what the podcast is about: Ira. starting in a bad place and, and bringing it to a fun place. You know. Yeah, amen. We're uh, we're we're shepherds through the uh, you know the clear worlds we now live in. You know, and we're bringing our flock back to the uh, the promised land of uh, you know proper fantasy basketball. Uh, some soft buzz and you know rebuilding the tolerance and uh well and no no we're note, not gonna end we're not, we're not gonna end I, well yeah i want to i want to ask you that but then i, well, I, I want to back thing. to bounce back yeah, to one more yeah. place after that so you you say what you want to say so I, that was my next question for you but then i want to bring it back to one more place go ahead yeah, and and I'm, I'm just gonna add further credentials to my <laughs> uh you know I'm, I'm the man to come to if you want an honest negotiator on the trade market because you know I'm, I'm willing to admit the the McDonald's spicy chicken sandwich, uh, subpar. Wow. Not, not, <clears throat> not, not yeah. The, the chicken patty was just lacking. I don't know. It was just, uh, was, it, was it not crispy, not, not spicy, not flavorful, not, uh, what was, what was the issue? Cause it actually looked good on the commercial uh, for, for once. Usually McDonald's food does not look appealing yeah. to me. <clears throat> I know. The, the commercial glossed it up a lot more than it was when I tried to do the wrapper. And I, you know, I felt a little bad cause you know, when I told when I sent Paul the rundown, he was disappointed that I didn't uh, save it to uh, give a live reaction. But it was, I mean, it wasn't dry, but it wasn't moist. It, the chicken, I, like, the, like a Popeye's chicken is like awkward in that, like, it's so like bumpy and like, it's not like circular, like cookie it, like, It's not, it, but, like the McDonald's mm-hmm. one is like very just like, I don't know, it's, it's missing the life in it. Like, it needs to. Well, Jump out of the. That's the difference between the brands, right there, man. The the McDonald, everything McDonald's has to be like exactly like the same portion, so they know exactly how much money they're making on each single patty. (laughs) Popeyes is literally like it's hand breaded, so it's gonna be weird. It's not gonna be perfectly organized. Um, Yeah, it it, you know, and it's also funny because I thought there when we did one of our original McDonald's taste tests on this podcast, we had tried that buttermilk chicken sandwich that we both thought was really really good it was like the the three dollar right. menu item and that was delicious so like all they probably that was all they had good. to do is add spice to that first of all i think they removed that item from the menu um they probably weren't making enough money off it that's probably, probably the issue mcdonald's is all over the place like like they like that one two three menu and like nothing's on it yeah. anymore like i understand what the why, why make it a thing like why it added your app and like had nothing to populate it just lazy. I think it's a fucking like billion dollar corporation. I think they're in a weird transition where they they're like trying to like move to like a fully Uber Eats menu and like they they don't know how to do it. 
because it's so expensive. It's crazy. Is that the future? No, we're all just gonna. I don't know. You can't. Are college kids gonna be paying Uber Eats prices? I don't, I don't know. I'm not paying that for McDonald's. I'll tell you that much. It's not. Even if I crave that shittiness, I'm not paying yeah, that for you the say shittiness. That. We'll see. We'll see what soft the bus is. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. All right. So what I wanted to ask you after that, because I did want to get your take on that. You know, as far as reentering society, you were also talking. You know, we talked about Saturday. We talked about AC bachelor parties. Um, you know, we got group weddings this year. Garrett, uh, Levy, is that it? Those two. That is it. Okay. We, we still yeah. never discuss any sort of bachelor party plans, but what, Garrett, where, where do we stand right now? Uh, we are beginning to uh, reinvigorate the process. Um, you know, a little, uh, a little uh, out of left field. Um, but Shavir actually was, you know, ready, ready to start getting into the uh, preparation mode. So, you know, that was some exciting news earlier today. Um, and that kind of got, you know, I don't need much to get, to give me the spark, you know? So now I'm, uh, starting to regenerate some, uh, ideas and see where we can go with this. Um, you know, I think we need to touch, touch base with our, uh, you know, the man of honor, the man of the, uh, bachelor party, see how he's feeling, but I'm hoping, you know, if we can get everybody vaccinated and, uh, you know, well, have some proof of, proof of vaccination, we can, uh. Part of that, maybe like have a nice little May weekend or something. Um, you know, uh, I remember originally Garrett was, you know, you know, wanted like a lot of people to be there. Maybe now with this COVID, now you could really have like the right. the event that you wanted to have. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I, I think yeah, no, I, numbers. I can't imagine everyone's gonna be able to make the make it happen. Unfortunately, I would like to, you know, for me, I'm, a, I'm more the merrier. I want I want all the man in the mandom. That's kind of the kind of kingdom I like to operate in, but. I think in this case we might have to reduce. I we'll probably take like a straw poll of the uh, you know the gentleman in the group and get a feel for what they're comfortable with. But uh, you know whether it's some sort of like outdoor dining experience or we try and do you know man like a, a weekend camping. You know outdoors is always a, a plus with these kinds of things. Or you know get some sort of house off the reservation. You know where we can feel safe. Uh, you know, demasking in our little bubble or, or, or better than a house off the reservation or a house on an Indian reservation in which we could go to an Indian reservation casino. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if they, if they have, you know, if they have like a nice like poolside Indian casino bar where I could just like swim up a place of blackjack. Oh man. Sounds good. That could be, a, Oh dude, you, yeah, that could be a great experience. That's revolutionary. <laughs> swim, swim up blackjack is probably the greatest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> It's definitely a Vegas thing. I have no doubt that in the Vegas lands, uh, that's a, that's oh, a common theme. Swim up blackjack? Is that a thing? Yeah, why not? I mean, I, I would like no, to think dude, that, I don't, like, could have, I like, don't think that's a thing. I think, I think you're a genius. But swim. Uh, I'm Googling this. How could there not be a thing? I'm Googling this right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a thing. I'm t- like, I'm sure there's like, you can have, you can, you can imagine like the five half, half horseshoes. And like behind the the horseshoes is like a bar where the dealers can go to get you drinks with the drink wenches. Go okay, wait, wait. To pick up the drinks from the bar and bring it to the blackjack. So table. from the uh, there's no question. From the Las Vegas Review Journal, an article from 2017: Slim up blackjack and Las Vegas casino pools makes a comeback. Uh, this looks incredible. It's a comeback. Why would I ever leave? I mean, come on. At these blackjack tables, they don't use electronic card shufflers. Women dealers dressed in dark blue tops and short shorts reveal their athletic bodies and tattoos. Shuffle six decks of cards by hand. It is not for show. It is a necessity at these tables. 
so too are the small white bath towels stacked next to the dealer. The players need them to dry their hands or to cover their phones and money as they are sitting in a waist-high pool at Caesar's Palace. Las Vegas casinos have plenty of table games and most have pools. Yet, for a city, for a city that thrives on offering memorable experiences, only a few casinos in town whether you celebrate a, gla- a great blackjack winning streak or drown your bad luck by dunking into a pool. Oh, man. Caesars and Tropicana have five and two sum up blackjack tables, respectively. So, so we got to hit up uh, for your bachelor party one day. Caesars or Trop. Hard Rock Hotel has three sum up tables and several poolside tables, uh, including craps. Man, those have to be hard, hard to, to get. Hard to secure. Yeah, I can't imagine. I don't know how you do that. Well, how, I don't know how you do that. That's one of those things. Unless it's like comes with your cabana or something. Well, that's, one, that's like one of those things cabana. where like my like my like ability to like wake up after a night of drinking at like six in the morning and like be a human coming <laughs> first chair at the pool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Plus my training from like Aruba when like we had to get the hut, you know. Uh yeah. come in handy. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, my mom was always like, I'm like a vicious like I will kill five year old children if I have to to get the, uh, the hut. Like the best beach yep. chairs at like Blizzard <laughs> Beach. Yeah, you know. It's like one of those things. I don't know. It makes the water park day. <laughs> uh, well, fair enough. Yeah, we, have, that is... we have plenty to look forward to here. Maybe maybe some swim up blackjack. Uh, if if nothing else, at least maybe some uh, nice fun outdoor dining and, and, and drinking and uh and, and AC in our future. So uh twenty twenty one gonna be better than twenty twenty. You know, and and our in our league, we're going to have playoffs this year. It's going to be fun. We got a new stack of managers competing. Uh, we got a lot of parity, and uh, look forward to doing this with you again soon. I I think the league is going to look different, like in a month, and uh, we'll, we'll be on top of it. Yeah, no, it's uh, everyone. Be careful out there. You know, Paul's a, a sneaky swindler. Don't trust him for a second. Well, you know. As long as you uh, keep that in mind, you should have a pretty enjoyable uh, final six weeks of the regular season. Don't trust our guys. Don't 